0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. And this is our 369th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, I have a special on-the-road show from Roots 2023, which took place from September 11th to 12th at the Chef's Garden and Culinary Vegetable Institute in Milan, Ohio. This conference was hosted by Farmer Lee Jones and his family and team. And Farmer Lee was a guest on this show back in 2014, episode 36. And I have been friendly with Farmer Lee for a long time and have worked with him as well on PR for The Chef's Garden, So it was really wonderful to be back at the conference. I had been there twice before, but before I get more into it, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have four interviews that I did at the conference, and yes, they include four speed rounds, and then I will close things out with my solo dining experience. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to regenerate. This tip or theme actually comes from this year's Roots Conference, which chose this topic largely as a response to the pandemic, which effectively shut down our industry in 2020. And the conference was looking to the future and how we can gather together to support each other's regenerative processes. Other words for regenerate include to breathe new life into, to invigorate or reinvigorate, to recreate and reestablish. So let's put our focus now on the industry that we love and make it even better than it was before. That's my tip today. Okay, so I'm super excited to be sharing with you my special On the Road show from the Roots 2023 conference, which took place in Ohio, and it was my third time attending. I had been there back in 2013 and 14, so I was due for a visit. It was really great to be back and a part of the event so the Roots Conference brings together culinary leaders from around the world to foster the growth of what truly matters. As I said, this year's conference theme was to regenerate. And it was a day and a half of programming that took place at the Chef's Garden and the Culinary Vegetable Institute, which is just amazing. They really have a wonderful uh set up there and it's very special. And for this city girl, it's even more special to be in farm country to see what Farmer Lee Jones and his team do there, bringing amazing produce and beyond to the world. So I was a speaker at the conference. I moderated a panel and being part of the program, I was invited to attend the speaker's dinner on Sunday night, which took place at the Culinary Vegetable Institute. And they had a lovely dinner for us that was buffet style. And we got to mix and mingle. And they also had a display of different presenters books, including my book, Chef Wise. So it was an honor to have my book there and sign copies. So I was, I was very excited about that. And it was a really lovely welcome. And then on Monday, bright and early, the conference started and it was a full day of programming in a tent set up on the property. And there were lots of delicious food and beverages throughout the day, from breakfast to a live fire cookout lunch, which had more options of food than I could try. Everything was amazing and it was just such a treat. And the full day of programming, there were lots of different talks with culinary leaders and chefs in the industry, and it was very special to be a part of it. And the Monday evening dinner, which I will share in my interviews, some more details took place under a canopy of squash. It was this gorgeous long table um, and all the chefs to different courses. And it was really outstanding. On Monday, also, I had a little part where I introduced Manit Chahan for her keynote, and she's in my Chef Wise book, and she gave a really wonderful keynote presentation. And also another keynote, who's in my book, who was there is David Kinch, and he gave a great presentation as well. And of course, it was wonderful to see them. It's always a treat to be a part of conferences that brings the industry together and people from different parts of the country. So it was terrific. And then on Tuesday, it was a half day, and I started early with a group that went on a farm tour at 7 a.m., and that was really wonderful. And then I led a panel discussion entitled evolving in the industry, what it takes to stay relevant. And on my panel were Manit Chahan of Morph Hospitality Group, Min Fan of Porridge and Puffs, and Rich Rosendale of Rosendale Collective. And it was a really great discussion. All the panelists had different backgrounds and points of view and turned into a, a very thoughtful conversation and I was proud to moderate it. So thank you. And then we closed out the day with a a lunch to go. And it went by, of course, really fast as these things do, but it was extremely well organized and executed. And I'm only sharing a few of the details here, but huge congratulations to Farmer Lee and his family and team. And I'm very grateful for them for having me. And I'm now going to share with you, I have four interviews. First is my talk with Reem Asil. She is the founder of Reems California in Oakland, California. She's also part of the Food and Country documentary, which was produced by Ruth Reichel, who was also at the conference. And there was a talk about the documentary and a showing of it. And Ruth has also been on my show, which was a huge honor and was great to see her there. And I had a really lovely chat with Reem, who I hadn't met before, but I knew of. So that's the first interview. And then I talk with Erin Blue Dorn who I knew from New York City the time he had lived here. He's now out in Houston, Texas, and he is the chef and owner of Blue Dorn and Navy Blue. And it was really great to hear what he's up to now. And following that, I speak with Brad Kilgore, who's of Kilgore Culinary Group, and the chef and partner of Mary Gold's in Miami, Florida, my hometown. And it was really wonderful to see him and his wife, Soraya, and meet their new baby. And we had a really nice conversation about his role at Roots and what he's up to now in Miami and beyond. And then finally, my last interview is with Jamie Simpson, who is the executive chef at the Culinary Vegetable Institute and, of course, very involved in this conference and organizing all the chefs there. So it was really great to speak with him. And he married Morgan Tucker, who I know through the industry and was there and involved in the conference as well. So it was really great to see them. So that's what's coming up for interviews. And then I will come back and share my solo dining experience. So I hope you enjoy listening. Um here you go. So hi, I'm here with Rima Seal. We are at the Chefs Gardens Roots 2023 conference entitled Regenerate. Uh so good to see you.
2: Good to see you and to be in this space. It's just beautiful. We're surrounded by animals and plants and delicious food and
1: Yes. Amazing. Yes. I love being in nature yes. and in Ohio on the farm. So is this your first time here? Absolutely. Yeah. I met um, Chef,
2: uh, uh, I met Bob and Lee uh, as part a, of a documentary that we did together called Food and Country um, that was directed by uh, Ruth Reichel. And uh, we kind of bonded uh, through that experience, it followed us as we kind of moved through the pandemic. And I just heard, I mean, I saw footage in the film around what they went through and how they um, survived the pandemic. And they were just so inspiring. So I feel very blessed to be able to participate in this conference.
1: It's very special. And there was a talk earlier today on the documentary. So for people who haven't seen it, tell us a little more about it. Yeah, so uh,
2: in 2020, when the world was shutting down, uh, Ruth Reichel, who needs no introduction. No introduction. (laughs) Has
1: been a guest on this
2: podcast. Amazing, in her own right, um, reached out to me. And, uh, you know, she was talking to chefs and food producers and farmers and pretty much everybody in the food system um, to see how we were coping. And she almost became like our... Auntie, our therapist, you know, we were on Zoom calls every three weeks. And at the time she, you know, we didn't know that the pandemic was going to last for as long as it did. Um, so the movie kind of shaped over the course of three years um, and they followed our story. Um, and I think Reams, uh, my restaurant, Reams, California, we ha- um, we opened Uh, our second restaurant three days before the shutdown. So she was really kind of following what that journey was like for me. But above all, kind of, um, you know, the Ream's ethos and how we really wanted to center workers uh, and community first and how we did that to build resilience. Um, I was, uh, we're we're still in the midst of it, but um, uh, really giving our workers ownership. Um, of the restaurant and giving them the say and kind of how we shape uh, how we come come through the end (laughs) the the light is at the end of the tunnel we're still not there but um yeah that she she followed that path for the course of two and a half years so it was crazy to watch that and you know I think the movie was really amazing because she didn't only follow chefs she really realized that in talking to people it was bigger than just restaurants I mean restaurants are part of this amazing multifaceted ecosystem that makes our economy move, really. Food is central to every sector of our society, right? And so if we look at the broken system there and figure that out, then we can solve for a lot of other things. And I think this movie really showed some of the leaders in the industry that were are doing something a little bit different than everybody else, kind of re- reimagining what this food system could look like in a way that centers people and is regenerative. So, yeah, I I feel honored to be a part of that story.
1: So I can't wait to watch the film. We're going to be seeing it tonight. There will be a showing. And during the pandemic, actually, Farmer Lee had reached out to me to help a little on his PR when the farm switched from providing vegetables to restaurants and chefs and they created a whole home division so I know I'm familiar a little bit with the story and how of their story but I can't wait to watch the documentary
2: yeah and as I just did their farm tour and I can attest to how important uh, the endorphins that came out of my body as I saw the beautiful array of lettuces and vegetables. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what we needed during yeah. that time and still need, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I can't wait for my farm tour tomorrow morning. Yes. This place is magical and I can't wait to see where, because I've received a box of vegetables from the farm before and it's like the most amazing care package yeah. you can get. It's better food. than flowers. I like want to send that as a yeah, gift to all my friends. Like I was eating so well for about a week yeah. on, on the most delicious products. So that I have to look forward to. So tell my listeners a bit more about your background. What were you doing before the pandemic um, mm-hmm. with your restaurant?
2: Yeah, so I, um, I'm actually a baker by trade. Uh, I've been working in the food industry since 2010. Um, I came into food kind of in a weird way. I, I had a whole other career before I was a community and labor organizer, but I think that is kind of the spirit in which I bring. I just kind of use food as a tool to organize, um, I kind of say. Um, but yeah, I started Reams, my current restaurant in 2015 as a small farmer's market operation. And we grew fairly quickly. Um, we had our first restaurant in 2017 in Oakland and that, uh, got some national recognition with food and wine magazine. And I didn't know people were even paying attention to what we were doing, but, um, really my specialty is in the warmth of Arab bread and hospitality. So we believe in the power of food to really connect community, build resilience. Um, I believe in that today, if not more than I ever did before. But I was really inspired by my culture. Um, I'm Palestinian-Syrian and the Arab bakeries and and the bakeries in the Arab world. They're kind of central to our culture. And I was always kind of asking myself why, (laughs) Um, you know, like in the most remote villages, you have a post office and you have a bakery. Like that's how essential they are. And I wanted to kind of recreate that concept in the U.S. And we were doing really well. Uh, We were growing, uh, which was hard as someone who was, you know, i had never been a business owner before. I was just like learning how to run a restaurant, let alone, you know, run a business. Yeah. And we opened uh, our second location right uh, on March 15th, 2020, um, right before the shutdown. So uh yeah we we were kind of on this like path to growth and I think that the you know for better or for worse um everything kind of halted and we had to really think about you know why we created reams in the first place and so my Oakland restaurant was became a big commissary kitchen we were working with world central kitchen feeding you know the most food insecure of our populations hundred thousands of meals. Uh, We continued to be a restaurant the best way we knew how in the mission uh, district of San Francisco. And, you know, we slowly kind of navigated and now we have, um, you know, we launched a wholesale program and we have a a small little outlet in the very iconic ferry building in San Francisco. So we're still dabbling in a lot of things.
1: Well, next time I'm on the West Coast, I'm coming to you. I've known about you and what you're doing for a while. I've gotten a fair amount of press, and I've heard a bit to your story, <laughs> but it's so nice to connect with you here. And I think it's great that the film documented Yeah, it
2: was a, really personal. A lot I mean, of it. I saw myself crying on stage, which was crazy. I was like, well, I didn't know it was going to elicit so many emotions. It's home, because yeah. Because you know, what we're trying to do is not easy and it's messy and we're still in the process, you know, of that transformation. Transformation doesn't happen overnight. And I think if there's anything this movie really shows is that like we're complex human beings that, um, you know, we have this grit and this resilience, but we're also human and we're questioning things every day. And you kind of see me go through that process. So.
1: Well, congratulations. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished in getting through this crazy time that people thought was going to last maybe a couple of weeks and then it lasted a couple of years and we're still feeling effects of. Mm -hmm. and it changed the world. But big congratulations to you. I mean, being a chef and being a restaurateur, it's It's not not the easiest thing. As you know, (laughs) as you chronicled. (laughs) Well, I mentioned to you last night in my book, Chef Wise, um, that I think an overlying theme with chefs is that they said it's hard and you got to do it because you love it and you're passionate about it. Almost like you can't do anything else. Right. Um, But nobody in my book, none of the over hundred chefs said, Oh, this is easy. Yeah. Like sign up right away. (laughs) It was like, you know, but speaking of the book, I'd love to know what's your top chef advice. Top chef advice.
2: Um, You, I think the big thing that I've always learned is that you can't be good at everything. So find the things that spark your joy and lean into those and then ask for help and find the people around you who can do what you, even if you can do it, uh, if you don't want to do it, find the people around you who A, can do it and have the passion and want to do it. Um, I think that's something that's helped me in my life <laughs> because you just can't be good at everything.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay, so before we get back to the conference, you want to play my speed round game? Ooh. Okay. We'll see. Let's try. I've done this enough. I think I, I, I know my standard ones. So um, I'm just going to name a couple of things. So you yeah. get to pick a preference, like okay. chocolate or vanilla. Yeah. That's the test run. Yeah. Okay. So eat in or eat out. Mm, eat out, alfresco <laughs> <laughs> fresco dining or indoor dining. Oh, that depends on the climate. If I'm in yeah, <laughs> I just heard that from <laughs> from Ari <Ariane> Zingerman. <laughs> <Fresco>, yeah. <laughs>
2: Am I in a European country we're in the summer you're or? in? You're in Ohio.
1: <laughs> the, sea, the sun is now beaming yeah, down. Beaming, yeah, yeah. Maybe tented al fresco dining. Okay. <laughs> How about wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Uh, I would say
2: I'm on the cusp of wine cocktail.
1: Okay. <laughs> Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Communal table. Oh, well, it depends on the vibe again. Okay, <laughs> vibe, vibe.
2: I like to people watch, you know, but I also like to...
1: Note the vibe. Yeah. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? All-inclusive charge. Oh, you're quick on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, we do it at
2: Reams, so got to believe in it.
1: <laughs> uh, how about uh, being interviewed for a podcast or being interviewed in front of a camera?
2: probably. They say I have a really good podcast voice, so <laughs> I'll stick with that, but I do love the camera too.
1: You also have really good purple yeah. lipstick on right yeah, now, I which know. the camera the probably podcast- likes. <laughs> Okay, I'll do three more. Um, Carrots or squash?
2: Uh, Winter
1: squash. Oh, specific.
2: I like. Yeah, I I don't like the summer squash, but I would
1: pick the carrot over the summer squash, but the winter squash. Okay. The carrot. I like it. Like it. Uh, Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. I always do Manhattan, Brooklyn, San Francisco, or Oakland. Oakland. <laughs> Ooh, Oakland wins.
2: <laughs> Brooke- I would have said Brooklyn back in the day, but I feel like Brooklyn's changed. Brooklyn More is rapidly real- than Oakland's changed. <laughs>
1: well, Brooklyn has changed tremendously, especially yeah. I was just in Williamsburg area. Yeah. And it's thriving. Yeah. So that's the game. That's the game. So, awesome. Thank you so much. So thank great you. to meet you. Nice and meet you too. can't wait to see you again. And best of luck with everything you're working on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hello. I'm here with Aaron Dorn. How are you? I'm great. So you're in town from Houston.
3: Houston, Texas. Yes.
1: But the New Yorker in me, even though I'm a miami and who lives in New York, but I want to say in Houston.
3: <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, no. had to, I had to adjust to that. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Well, for people listening, we have a street in New York called Houston, but... Houston is more well-known, I think, as pronunciation, um, unless you're a longtime New York liver, uh, which you were. You were in New York for a while. So remind my listeners before you went out to Texas, uh, where you were at in the city.
3: Yeah, I was at uh, Cafe Baloud for 10 years. Uh, Five of those years, I was the executive chef. Five of them, I worked for Gavin Kaysen. And yeah, ended up, uh, during five years as executive chef, I met my wife and we, She also worked for Dynex in operations, and uh, the two of us uh, got married and decided to move to Texas to raise a family.
1: Amazing. So do you have multiple restaurants now in Houston? Yeah, that's right. So talk about the concepts there that you have.
3: So we have Blue Dorn, which is a, I call it New American, you know, a little bit of emphasis on Gulf Coast uh, cuisine, but then also, you know, throw stuff from all over the place. But that's what the great thing about Houston is it's such a melting pot that you're able to pull from so many influences and so much. So it's it's a lot of fun. And then Navy Blue, it's our newest restaurant. It's a seafood restaurant. It's been opened up. It's been open for just under a year. And uh, it's a seafood restaurant. We bring in seafood from all over the country and all over the world and just have a lot of fun with, uh, with that. But also, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Well, how do you find it being a chef and owner?
3: It's a lot different. I, you know, I, I remember I remember Gavin. Or sorry, I remember Danielle talking to Gavin about how much. Uh, how much more pressure there was you know being an owner and, and I was like oh yeah sure but I, w- I still want to do it now it's he, totally right it's it's a totally different beast, and uh you have so many things to look after so many different things to worry about you know and uh but it's exciting that's why we do it I guess you know because it's, it's some sort of weird rush and weird weird form of excitement to see not just the food come to fruition but the entire experience and uh Getting to put that together is incredible.
1: Yeah, well, congratulations <coughs> on, on all of that. So we're here in Ohio at the Roots Conference. So is this your first time attending?
3: It, it, it's my first time at Roots, and I am i couldn't be more excited. It's been such a great experience, so many great people here, so many great ideas, and just the best <laughs> setting you can possibly imagine for a chef, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's lovely. So what, what's your involvement been? I heard you speak earlier
3: yeah, we did a we did a panel on mental health to start the day today, and then we uh, I did uh, another panel on guest experience, both with completely different uh, people, and and then now we're gearing up to do a course for uh, tonight's dinner. Oh,
1: amazing! What are you cooking?
3: Uh, we're doing uh, squash blossoms from the farm here, stuffed squash blossoms, stuffed with a with a parmesan breadcrumb and uh, basil pesto and just a herb salad, all from the farm.
1: Yum. I can't wait. I mean, I remember having your cooking back in New York, but I'm so due for my trip out to Houston and to try your restaurant. So, but I'm glad I get a taste of what you do tonight. Yeah. This,
3: this dish is, this. Di- is, you know, what I'm cooking tonight is just a tribute to the farm here. Yeah. And everything that they do. And it's just the ingredients shine for themselves. You don't have to do much to them.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's the beauty of being on a farm and, yeah, being able to, like, pick your produce directly. Seriously. <laughs> like, and there's, yeah, no exaggeration there. Um so I have this new book out called Chef Wise, and I like asking chefs in the industry, what's your advice, uh, top advice for someone, maybe an aspiring chef or anything you want to share?
3: Work for the best person you can possibly imagine, you know, they find the best mentor and just, you know, like I, my, my time with Danielle is is very... I would say a great example of that, and you know, I'm so incredibly grateful for that. I, I remember trying to leave a few times, or trying to you know move on, and and you know, he was always there. Was always something else for me there, and for me, that was what kept me engaged and brought me to where I am today.
1: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And what's the dining scene like in Houston?
3: Houston is incredible. It has an amazing dining scene. Diners are so excited about restaurants and. There's so, you know, but there's also just a ton of diversity in the dining scene, which is, which is really, really important and something we're very proud of.
1: Do you have a favorite spot that's not yours that you would say, if I'm coming into town, I need to check out? Oh my gosh. Wow. You're putting me on a spot with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure you have many, but like something we have had recently that we were really like, wow.
3: There's incredible. So I... I have an incredible neighborhood restaurant that reminded me of living in New York. It's a restaurant named Cultivari. It's just extremely delicious. It's just pizza and great pastas and there's really exciting food. But they, they all cook from the garden that's in their backyard, too. So, that, that, I mean, I live a block away. It's an amazing restaurant.
1: Awesome. Okay, I'll put it on my list. And I know you get have to get back to the kitchen, but before I let you go, do you want to play my speed round? It's going to be fast. Let's do it. All right, so I'm going to name a couple of things and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Indoor dining or alfresco dining?
3: Alfresco dining.
1: Wine, beer, or cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Large plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Communal table. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. The Astros or what's the Houston football? Um, Texans. Texans.
3: Definitely the Astros. The
1: Astros. Okay. Um, Tacos on corn tortillas or uh, flour? <laughs> My random ones. Two more: cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. And Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Houston? Brooklyn. Ooh, I like oh, it. Oh,
3: whoa, whoa! I said that. Or Houston? No, Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Manhattan
1: or Brooklyn, <laughs> Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Houston.
3: Well, Houston, but I, my heart's in Brooklyn. I, spent, I lived there for nine years while I was in New York, and loved it. So
1: your heart can be there, and your heart can also be in Houston. So yeah, it can both. be both. It, it can both. be both. both. You can divide it up. Um, thank you. That's amazing, and congratulations on all your success. And uh, I look forward to your dinner tonight and seeing everything else you do and visiting soon.
3: Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank it you. Was a pleasure to be.
1: Thank you. Hello, Brad Kilgore.
3: Hey, how
4: are
1: you? I'm good, how are you?
4: (laughs) Doing great, doing great.
1: So we're in Ohio at the Chef's Garden at the Roots Conference, and you're a regular here?
4: I um, am lucky enough to be a friend of the family, the Jones family, that started the Chef Gardens, you know, decades ago, Um, and I've become... Close friends with Chef Jamie Simpson, that is the chef of the property here and Culinary Vegetable Institute. And so, yeah, I haven't been here in a couple of years, but it's amazing to be back.
1: Yeah, this is my third time here, but I haven't been since 2014. So I was due. So it's great to be back. So, what is your involvement this year?
4: Sure. So, um, I'm doing one of the courses for the big dinner tonight. Each year they have of course many different meals with all this creativity we just had lunch where they roasted root vegetables in uh the bucket of a bulldozer underneath dirt and then they unveiled it and then everybody stood in line and, and ate off it so uh tonight I'm doing a course for the big long beautiful table uh like experiential dinner so it's such an honor
1: Well, lunch was fantastic, and I can't wait for dinner. I feel very lucky that I'm going to get to enjoy it. And yes, the scenery here is quite something. The way they set up a table in a greenhouse or a greenery with
4: yeah, you're like almost inside a vegetable. You know, yeah. Uh, They do the trellis over the table, or the beautiful like Edison lights, and um, they grow a different, different set of plants and gourds and vines each year so it looks different and uh you know it's just as exciting to be able to do one of the courses as it is to sit and and eat it so it's like I said it's an honor the group of people here they're the best of the best and they have something to say that they want to share with this group and everyone here wants to hear it it's it's pretty special it
1: is very special so can you say what your course
4: is yeah of course um I was inspired because there's this incredible cabbage they grow called Arrowhead Cabbage. I've never seen it anywhere else. So farmer Lee Jones um, is always talking about it, at least this season, on his Instagram. And I just kept thinking, how can I use that? And this was before the invitation for the dinner. So I had this idea and I did a little test run a couple weeks ago. Loved it. I got a little bit more of the Arrowhead Cabbage in and I said, this is what we're going to do. So it is a play on Induya, which is... Southern Italian spicy, like, salumi paste mousse, kind of. Um, So we have taken the cabbage itself and blended it with with aromatics like smoked and sweet paprika, Calabrian chilies, um, horseradish, a little bit of sherry vinegar. And after brining and steaming and air-drying wedges of the cabbage, we're going to take this super intense and do aromatic puree push it inside of all the layers of the cabbage, kind of like a kimchi sort of, and then we're just going to roast it to get color all over it, fresh horseradish. And then another Chef Garden's very particular ingredient that I think everyone needs to realize that they've never had but should have is garlic roots. So you just flash fry them, a little bit of sea salt, and it tastes like the best flavor of fried garlic you've ever had, but in this whimsical little root.
1: Yum, yum, yum. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and you were also on a panel earlier. Yeah. So what was the topic of that one?
4: Yeah, that panel, um, you know, again, surrounded by amazing people in our industry and leaders. The topic was uh, hosted by uh, Morgan Tucker. And the question was, you know, um, evolving and uh the guest experience is really yeah. what it's about. It's about the guest experience. So, uh, you know, I did, it, of course, from a chef point of view, but also the restaurant tour point of view.
1: Yeah, it was a great talk, and Kevin Bame was on it, yeah. and yeah, a Kevin lot tells of good, a good people. Story. He tells a really good story, yeah, yeah. as do you. I feel, as you <laughs> said, there's a lot of amazing talent here. I feel right. very lucky to be here and part of. So, so. You're from Miami, my hometown, which is a lot of how I know you. Yeah. Um, And I have always enjoyed your restaurants over the years. Thank you. Alter. Sure. Which, uh, tell us now where you're at, because I know you have a new place that I will be visiting in November when I'm down there for Thanksgiving.
4: Yeah. (laughs) So, after pandemic, uh, I decided to sell the old company and uh, kind of start fresh. You know, Alter, a little bit sour taste. That was my baby. But I, I think I had outgrown it, you know, mentally and physically. So it was just time for a change. And I think everyone had an opportunity to reflect, you know, in that that downtime, if you will. So I came out of it and um, going in this new direction. And I opened up the first hotel in Wynwood. Wynwood is our, like, Brooklyn, basically, for Miami. And that's the neighborhood where Alter was also. So I do all the food um, for the entire property. And then I have our signature restaurant. It is a brasserie, kind of a modern look at a brasserie um, called Marigolds, and the idea is that we wanted to be that flower, the marigold, coming out of the concrete of this, like like a sidewalk out of this concrete jungle that that is Wynwood, right? Um, so you have this breath of freshness physically in the design of the space, you know, the look and feel of the cocktails, and of course the food. So that's conceptually where we started with that. Um, and the other property I oversee is, is called the Concourse Club. It is a uh, private members-only club for basically supercar enthusiasts. Oh, neat. Yeah, so um, there's a two-mile track, and, you know, these these guys are luxury lifestyle elite, so they have crazy, crazy cars, and, of course, they like to eat and drink well. So we have a master sommelier, we have, you know, an incredible wine list, and, you know, we're we a members-only restaurant. Of course, they can bring guests and friends with them. Uh, potentially, in the future, we might open it up to the public. And um, the the concept is ever-changing. It's basically eclectic, but we do these dinners uh, six, seven times a year that are really, really thought-through. We bring in performers. We change the look and feel of the restaurant. You know, we want to give these guys something um, you sort of cannot find somewhere else. Well, I'll
1: yeah. come into your... Restaurant open to the public, and I've seen <laughs> pictures. It looks gorgeous. I Thank feel you. like you've it's been in press talking about how it's like the most beautiful spot to open in Miami.
4: Yeah, we, we got a, a nod from Rob Report this year for yeah. beautiful design restaurants.
1: So. That says a lot because Miami does have some pretty restaurants. That's true. So. That's true. We'll take it. <laughs> um yeah, take it, take it. So um, and then your lovely wife, Soraya, yes. is here with your new Maybe not so new anymore. Sure,
4: almost a year and a half. And where's
1: she at with her business, or is she she's doing the mom, mom the,
4: the mom year. business, which is a business? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, obviously, our first son, so we're we're learning as we go. Uh, we have an amazing, beautiful son. Oh, we're so lucky; he came out perfect. And my wife's pregnant with our second child. So exciting! In a months. So um, she knows that she more than capable if she wants to get up and, and go back into uh running her own business there uh, but she is just such an incredible mom I, I think she'll let us know when she's really ready to do that again yeah she's a well, pastry chef so yeah
1: and she had what was it mad lab mad
4: lab creamery okay yeah um delicious, delicious. Fun yeah ice cream spot um and you know renewal of the lease came up and and our son was a couple months old and uh she decided to focus on on him and the family and keep uh keep her brand in her back pocket for another another day
1: very cool well congratulations it's all very exciting and i love knowing you guys and just following your 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 thank you your careers and and your your family life now and talk a little about the miami dining scene because a lot of people in the pandemic uh, some new yorkers open places down there and there was a there's always been people know, going back and forth, or the Miami-New York connection, I think, yeah, has been that's always been, been, around. been strong, but mm. it seems there was a more of an influx of New Yorkers kind of opening places down there.
4: Yeah, you know, the, the dining scene, I've been there 12 years, um, has you know matured somewhat every day since then. I think um, myself and a few other chefs and operators had a lot of impact on that, you know, the earlier half of this, this dec- last decade. But the pandemic was a whole another roller coaster that brought, you know, attention to our city. People coming there short term and long term, moving there, um, investing into the city, um, lots of businesses outside of the food and beverage world. Uh, But overall, it's still a party town in the way of, uh, you know, there's there's still a little lopsided on the success, at least volume wise, of. Uh, sort of the club surrounds which is you know Miami people want to let loose maybe a little bit more than they do back home or so even though we brought a lot of New York people even those New York brands built more club around style places than they would if it was the same concept in New York so um we do have Michelin now that has helped feed the invigorate the chef driven concepts um and it's all for the better, but we we still got a little bit of climbing to do to um, have that true, true uh, chef-driven scene, but we're getting there.
1: Yeah, well, you yourself are the chef-driven. I mean, when I come down to Miami, I always want to dine at any of your spots, right. and I can't wait to try your new spot, because you, I feel, put Miami on the map that way as a chef-driven place. So yeah, maybe it's not New York City yet, yeah. but. Yeah, we'll, We're we'll getting see. There. Yeah, having grown up there and just seeing when I visit, like every time now I go down, I always have places I want to check out, whereas I don't know, maybe twenty years ago it was less so.
4: Very much, no, and and I love it. And I'm not going anywhere. It's where I live. I'm originally from Kansas City, but you know, I, I'm a Miami guy now.
1: You are, yeah. you are. So I have this new book out chef wise, which Congratulations, you know. By Thank you. Thank yes. you. Um, I wanna know what's your top chef advice?
2: Mm.
4: Like chef to chef?
1: Chef to chef, chef to aspiring chef, Uh Uh, you know, maybe someone young in the industry or not in the industry who might be listening and thinking about like, you know, they want to do what you do. Right,
4: right. I think uh, looking back is, I have this saying, and it kind of works for this as well. Um, Always in a hurry, but never in a rush. So basically when you're in a rush, you make mistakes in a hurry just means you're moving quickly but you're paying attention to what you're doing so you know a lot of people want to like move up in their career and maybe be the head chef or the chef owner or face forward Um, and I get that invigoration and that excitement however make sure you're ready you don't really get a chance to go back and um, it does take a long while in this game to hone your skills and I'm not talking only cooking skills you know Um, management leadership um, numbers it takes a long time so you know take your time be a little bit more patient than than you probably internally want to be it probably will help the second half of your career better
1: awesome advice thank Thank you you. i know you got to get back to the kitchen but before i let you go do you want to do a quick speed round
4: Okay, all right. <laughs> okay,
1: so I'm going to name a couple of things and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Chocolate, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Chocolate. Okay, here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant? Out. Indoor dining or alfresco fresco dining? Indoor. <laughs> AC, please.
4: It's hot in my I. It's
1: hot. <laughs> yeah. um, wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or a champagne. Mm.
4: Uh, that changes every five to ten years, but right now it's wine. Okay. Yeah.
1: Tasting menu or à la carte?
4: Hmm. For me to dine, probably à la carte. For me to cook, probably tasting menu. Ooh,
1: interesting. Like it. Um, small plates or large plates?
4: Same answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, you're you'd order small? But you like cooking large or vice versa? I guess.
4: Uh, Let's just go small place because then you can try a lot more stuff.
1: Okay. Yeah. And you like cooking small plates, Right. Yeah. Um, communal table or chef's counter?
4: Mm, chef counter. Yeah, because you have the interaction with the kitchen and the chefs and still the service team. So you really get a full, full experience. We had a fun one at Alter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love a chef's counter. How about um, tipping or all-inclusive charge? Mm.
4: Fixing the federal rules of American, uh, or U.S. government first, um, because the tipping structure cannot be allocated correctly. And then also adjusting America's perspective of the value of food in order to charge enough to pay everyone equally.
1: Well said. Yeah. Um, Miami Dolphins or the Miami Heat?
4: Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Okay, that can be in there. Um, stone crabs or uh, fresh fish off the boat?
4: Ooh, you know what, stone crabs. I've fallen in love with them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love stone They're crabs. I there. love crab meat, yeah. Yeah, crab in general. Yeah. Crab is probably my favorite seafood. Me too. I
1: love it. Me too, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, two more, a cheese plate or dessert?
4: <laughs> That's changed over the years, too. I got a sweet tooth the last few years out of nowhere, so it's dessert.
1: Well, you're married to someone who can make some I nice sweets. Without so. a doubt, <laughs> she does. Um, she's very talented. Yeah. How about cheesecake? Cheesecake, Whatever. there you she, go. She makes the best cheesecake. There you go, and the last one is Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Miami? Mm,
4: Manhattan. Ooh,
1: neat. Yeah. You gonna open a Manhattan anytime soon?
4: There are currently conversations happening.
1: Mm, very cool. We would I'll welcome you. be
4: there in 12 hours still.
1: Okay, right. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know you're going back. Um, Well, thank you. Thank you, this is Uh, super fun. Super great to see you. Anytime you're in New York, let me know. I'd love to hang out. And um, congratulations on all your success, and I can't wait to see you in Miami, too. Cheers. Thank you. (laughs) Well, hello, Jamie Simpson. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for having me, chef extraordinaire of... Culinary Vegetable Institute at the Chef's Garden, and this amazing Roots Conference that just wrapped up.
5: It's a mouthful in more ways than one. This, this, you know, couple of days. It's it's all about food, and um, and all the things around it. Imagine, you know, you could be in this industry and just write about food all day.
1: Well, people do um, but this is this is a magical place, and i I got up early today and went on the seven a m farm tour. Amazing to see your property and the operation That's awesome
2: good
5: um, yeah was, you know this time of year is perfect for us. It's like summer vegetables overlapping with. Fall crops, uh, you know, it's that time where very, very few moments in the world when like peas and carrots actually overlap and that dish exists. You know, it happens twice, once in the spring, once later fall. We have right now, you know, basically pumpkins and tomatoes. A lot of tomatoes. Crazy, I heard right? you're making
1: sauces now, oh, right? Yeah yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. It's part of the part of the swing. You know, we're, we're just trying to make the most of our effort.
1: Amazing. So, how long have you been here at the Chef's Garden?
5: I just hit 11 years. Wow. I came here first for Roots Conference number one. It was a four month project. It was in way over my head. And we started Roots. And that's ultimately why I came here. Um, I never left.
1: But what was the first year of Roots?
5: It was 2000. It was uh, the Native American chefs. Um, down by the river it was 125 people we basically had to drive the kitchen a quarter mile um, through the property and zero electricity and we had a a tribe of native american chefs cook the whole thing with campfires and fryers you know just oil hanging over it was so cool i remember this bald eagle just fly like just you know 15 feet over the table as everyone was seated Yeah. Walter Whitewater singing the opening prayer. People were just crying at this dinner. It was, it was roots one. Yeah. It was very cool. This is number seven.
1: Amazing. I mean, you are involved in a lot of different (laughs) parts of this, uh, conference, which it's, it's been a day and a half plus of, um, amazing conversations and incredible food. Your dinner last night and you did the dessert because it was coursed out. uh, Each different chefs did one course and it was just so fantastic. Got to dessert and it was the sorbet and the melon. It was like the perfect end. The whole meal was wonderful. Yeah. So what does it take to put this whole thing together?
5: (laughs) Well, it starts with the starts with a concept. And this year our concept was, you know, keeping in, 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 in theme with, uh, regenerative agriculture, but more than that, what does it mean to regenerate? You know, like is, is it, is it human health in this industry to look at, you know, is it, you know, culinary practices, business practices, is it hiring practices? I loved Edwin's talk, um, specifically on his ability to navigate the, you know, Thing. But to put something on like this, you really start with a concept and, and, the, and that regenerate was the concept we, we decided to land on. Um, that concept d- makes all the decisions for us. So if it's the right idea, um, it generally is pretty easy. Um, this year, I just had to find a handful of chefs ambitious enough to jump in on the um, dinner project. And we, we turned out eight courses in two hours somehow for 160 people at a single table. Uh,
1: Under a canopy of squash.
5: Yeah, uh, <laughs> right, right. Giant, giant. Which, which giant. we also planted, by the way. That was a kitchen job, you know, and we've been pruning and trimming and training the vines all summer long as part of a lead up to this. Um,
1: so cool. It yeah, was magical. Yeah. I mean, it's the setting alone and then every course was just one after Ooh. the next, just yeah. Awesome.
5: To do something like this also takes a little flexibility. Um, I, I like I said in the beginning to all the chefs, I said, "Look, I will fill in the gaps. And so wherever it naturally fits is where I want it to go, and then I'm gonna tighten it." So that's how I ended up with dessert last night. Cause, you know, oh, okay, okay. Middle, which I'm comfortable cooking. Um, yeah. You know, wherever in the menu, and um, and that melon was perfect. So all I had to do was just like you know maintain the aroma. And all the hard work was done, That That was a great moment.
1: And for people listening also visually, it was presented like you were eating a slice of melon. It was perfectly uh, laid out on Mm -hmm. top of the the rind. And, uh, yeah. Yeah.
5: Simple and, you know, impossible at
1: the same time. Yeah. 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 You you mastered it. And um, this whole uh, conference is just really magical to be here and also the lunch yesterday talk a little about that the cooking that went into that
5: yeah we thought like you know we wanted to do something that was like low-tech farmy you know like a a, a, an experience that that could only happen here right in a in a conference room you can have a high-tech you know new cutting-edge equipment serve you whatever but in a conference room you can't have Thirteen fires burning and tractor buckets, you know, steaming full of vegetables buried in soil and, you know, homemade rotisseries spinning, you know, basically like vegetables over open fires. And it's just, it's just beehives turned into keg taps and...
1: Uh-huh. I mean, there were so many
5: <laughs> elements of, uh, you know, of outdoors, low tech. I mean, cinder block yakitori, you know, with you know, 150 cinder blocks, nine feet long, you know, just stupid, like fun, um, engaging, interactive. The Pat's team killed it on that. They, they, they really took lead and I just made sure we had all the parts and pieces together to, to make it happen.
1: Yeah, so you did a
5: fantastic job, and you also just spoke on a panel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Luis Giavone in PR, she's, she's like my hero. She was. I heard she was coming, I was like kind of like a little bit nervous, and this is the first time she came out, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna be my hero, but like, it was just me and her. She was at CVI, I walked in, and we had lunch together. We walked around the property together, and we're like, legit. Buds now. I texted her. I was like, hey, we got this thing called roots coming up. Will you come? She's like, yeah, I'll be there. And like, we chat. We talk about the chickens. We talk about, you know, babies and the eggs. And, you know, we talk, we just talk about all kinds of random stuff with friends.
1: That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, she's cool. Well, very cool. I was honored to be a part of this conference and introduced Manit yesterday for her keynote and then had her on my panel today mm-hmm. with me yeah, and Rich. Yeah, you guys
5: did great with that. Killed talking Thank
1: about you. evolving in the industry. Thank you. Yep. It's... um it was very cool to be on stage and looking out at everyone, very engaged, which was lovely. And the tent right here on property, and it's just a very special I, setting.
5: I really like the concept you were involved with, the staying relevant. You know, it's it can in this industry it happens so fast where someone's just you just disappear. Yeah. Someone you really admire, someone you really love, just just gone. We talk about it all the time and. You know i guess it it can be a curse to try and stay relevant you know if you love what you're doing and what you're doing happens to be you know yeah relevant then that's great
1: but yeah forcing was,
5: yourself into that can be you
1: know, i agree it was interesting the three panelists all had very different perspectives yeah. Yeah. so um yeah very cool so before i let you go and before i get going do you want to play my speed round yeah, let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> I figured you'd say yes. Okay, what this is, is I'm going to name a couple things, and you got to pick your preference. How first. much time do I have on the
5: clock?
1: <sighs> no one's asked me that, I don't think. How much time do you want? 30 seconds? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Not like I have a, a stopwatch or anything, but okay, here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant?
5: Out here, at home.
1: I <laughs> hear <Where> you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Indoor dining or alfresco dining? Alfresco. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail or champagne? Cocktail. Tasting menu or a la carte?
5: Tasting menu.
1: Small plates or large plates? Small. Communal table or chef's counter?
5: Communal table.
1: Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Um, Cooking for chefs or with chefs?
5: For me, it's four chefs.
1: Love it. Um, tomatoes or peaches? Tomatoes. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Manhattan, Brooklyn, Huron, Milan, Cleveland, mm-hmm. I don't know, I forget where where you grew up. Charleston. Charleston. Okay. all yeah. of those. What's your what's your pick?
5: Right now it's 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 Milan.
1: Amazing. Oh, I said it wrong. Milan. Yeah, you know our Al, Al
5: Roker came out um to do the a, a news segment and he's like, We're out here in Milan, Ohio, and the locals were so pissed.
1: Well, because of yeah, Italy. That was I big think, news. Yeah. I think yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, the whole show he did that. Yeah. yeah. I I mispronounce things a bunch, so I can't I can't be critical, but of course. but um very cool they were very fast and actually i have seen you since but i always think of experience going to charleston wine and food festival many years ago where we that's right i feel we bonded a little there
5: yeah absolutely yeah Uh, marion square yeah yeah um great spot mickey was there too right there right in the same picture i think like really i have to look back yeah so he was right there in that same moment at the same time
1: he's been on my podcast sure think about thinking back like
5: we do this all-inclusive um tipping versus all-inclusive we do it all-inclusive here you know gratuity's added to the thing it's been great it's allowed us to to you know the housekeepers and the dishwashers and all the other people that do all the work it's really allowed us to like you know pay them more for events and that's been great, um, but I said tipping because I I'm a very generous tipper, and I like the um, I like the opportunity to just like celebrate someone in this industry. Um, so personally, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a tipper
1: now. Yeah, I hear that a lot on this show, but that is the one uh, in my game that usually people. It's more of a conversation you want to talk about it because yeah, it's course. not as clear cut as maybe. Right. Well, I like a communal table more than chef's counter, even though that can um, sometimes get people stuck too. But (laughs) (laughs) um, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Oh,
5: shit. No worries. Are you kidding? Thank you. Thank you for coming. This was great. and uh, We loved having you. And um, thank you for everything you brought to this conference this year.
1: Well, like tenfold back at you. Thank you. Congratulations. And look forward to a future roots. We'll see you then. Thank you.
5: This episode is supported by HRN business member MarketLink. MarketLink develops technology that works for farmers, markets, and consumers. Since 2013, MarketLink has helped more than 3,000 farmers and markets accept electronic payments, including credit, debit, and snap sales. MarketLink supports HRN's creative educational reporting and storytelling that drive conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place.
1: Welcome back to Own the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and I hope you enjoyed my interviews from the Roots 2023 conference, which took place September 11th and 12th in Ohio. Thank you so much, everyone who joined me in conversation and to all the participants, all the chefs, the entire team. It was really spectacular to be there. Okay, so now it's time for my solo dining experience. So, to tie into my trip to Ohio, this week it's at Cordelia. Here's the rundown The location 2058 East 4th Street, Cleveland, Ohio. The concept featuring heritage rich recipes and cocktails inspired by the farmer's bounty and generations past, reimagined and showcased in new ways. It features old classics with a new twist. So the chef is Vinnie Cimino. Why'd I go? Well, I was at the Roots Conference. And even though I had been at Roots twice before, the last two times I did not spend any time in Cleveland. So I made it a point this time to visit downtown and check out a restaurant that was on my radar. And the restaurant's lovely publicist, Elaine had reached out to me as well and invited me to dine there. So I was very grateful. So my experience. In order to make my flight back to New York, I went in for dinner at four o'clock. So it wasn't that busy then because it's an early dinner time. But um, I had a lovely seat at the chef's counter in the back area. It's a very large space. There's a One main room that you walk into, thats the bar, and then it kind of goes around the corner to another room with this open kitchen with the chef's counter. So that's where I was. And I had a really wonderful server who guided me through the menu, and I chatted with some of the cooks, and I got to meet Vinny, and they were all so lovely, and I had a great time. So what did I get? Well, I got some seasonal items. I got the tomato toast. I got the bear BQ corn. I also had a carrot muhammara dip with toast. And for dessert, I had a shaved ice treat. I don't know the official name of it, but it was kind of like a kakagori, and it was outstanding. So, yes, that's my take. Dessert was absolutely fantastic and really enjoyed the tomato toast and the corn and the dip. And it was it was more of a snacky meal, um, but it hit the spot for me. So the ambiance. So as I said, it's very spacious. There's a bar and dining room in the front room. It has very high ceilings. There's a downstairs too, which I think is only the bathrooms and maybe some kitchen prep. But it's modern, but a little kitschy, has some vintage feels. And there's a large communal table as well. I'd say it's perfect for dinner with friends. Interesting tidbit. Cordelia was named Cleveland Magazine's 2023 Best New Restaurant, and it was among Tasting Table's 22 Best New Restaurants in the U.S. And another interesting tidbit is the space used to be Michael Simon's Lola Bistro, and Michael Simon now has the space next door, Mabel's Barbecue. Personal fun fact, before my dinner, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I felt was a must visit while in Cleveland. And I have to say it was pretty awesome. I wish I had more time, but it was a great visit. I'm glad I went. So the cost of the meal, it was $30 plus dessert wasn't on the bill. And actually it was all comp and I just left a nice gratuity. And I'm very grateful for them for having me. So thank you. To Chef Vinny and Elaine and team. It was really great to check out your spot and congratulations on all of your accolades. And I hope to get back to Cleveland. So, would I go back? Yes. And their website is cordeliacle.com and Instagram, cordeliacle. So, there you go. That's the show. Thank you so much to Farmer Lee Jones and the entire Chef's Garden team for having me. Congratulations on putting together a really amazing Roots Conference. I was really honored to be a part of it. And I can't wait to come back to Ohio to learn more. You can go to their website, which is chefs-garden.com. You can also follow at Farmer Lee Jones at the Chef's Garden underscore Ohio and at Culinary Veg I N S T. And thanks to all of my guests who joined me today, Reem, Aaron, Brad, and Jamie, you can follow them at reem.asil at Aaron BlueDorn, at Brad underscore Kilgore, and at Chef underscore Jamie underscore Simpson. And hashtags are Roots 2023, The Chef's Garden, and Events at CBI. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer Relations.com, SherryBayer.com, and All in the Industry.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRedu Network.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Check out my new book, ChefWise Life Lessons from Leaving Chefs Around the World by Fiden, now available wherever books are sold. Thanks to my engineer today, Armin. Thanks again to Farmer Lee Jones and family, as well as Erica and Michelle on his team, who were awesome. And again to all my panelists and everyone involved. I'm your host and producer and author, Sherry Bayer. I will be back next week with a new show. Till then, stay safe and well, and thank you, as always, for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.